This is the FITV Roundup. I'm Oliver Thompson. And I'm Paula Fomes. Coming up on this week's programme, Covid update, Darwin Harbour Sports and Her Majesty the Queen's Commonwealth message. In a press conference on Tuesday afternoon, Chief Executive of the Falcon Islands Government, Mr Barry Rowland, read out the Covid swab test information for this week. As of today, Tuesday the 9th of March, the latest COVID-19 swabbing results are as follows. The total number of swab tests taken and progressed to date is 7,077. The total number of swabs taken but not yet tested, zero. The total number of positive test results since the 3rd of April 2020 is 54. And the number of current positive test results from the island is zero. Something to celebrate, I think. Kathleen Williamson was found not guilty after a three-day trial in the Magistrates' Court last week. Ms Williamson had been facing 12 charges related to unauthorised access of computerised patient records when she had been working at the King Edward Memorial Hospital in 2017 and 2018. In giving out her verdict, Senior Magistrate Mrs Sarah Whitby went through her route to verdict, detailing witness statements heard throughout the trial. No clear guidance had been given to the defendant with regards to the Code of Confidentiality and no record of the defendant ever having received or read such a policy had been found. After giving the not guilty verdict, Mrs Whitby acknowledged the distress caused to the complainants but also said that the hospital should be aware of the part that they played in the events leading up to the records being accessed. In the summary court on Wednesday, Mr Luke Fogon pleaded not guilty to common assault. Mr Fogon will return to court for trial at the end of April. Here's Catherine with more from the summary court. Emma Jaffray pleaded guilty in the summary court on Wednesday to a charge of common assault. Miss Jaffray had been on a night out on the 16th of January when she had a disagreement with the male complainant. Crown counsel Mr Stuart Walker said that the two were then not on the best of terms, but later in the evening, outside of the Globe Tavern, the two had met again. The complainant had sworn at Miss Jaffray and pushed her, which resulted in the two of them having a scuffle. At this point, Miss Jaffray had swung her arm and the glass bottle she was holding struck the side of the complainant's head. Miss Jaffray apologised to the court through her defence lawyer, Miss Alison Ingalls, who then went on to say that Miss Jaffray had been shocked by the behaviour of the complainant, who swore and pushed her, and accepts that she should have walked away. Miss Ingalls concluded that all in all it was a very unpleasant incident and that Miss Jaffray's actions amounted to excessive self-defence. Justices of the peace said that they felt there was sufficient mitigation to reduce the category of the crime and that the complainant was not innocent in how the situation developed. Miss Jaffray was given a conditional discharge and ordered to pay £150 in costs. In a post on social media, MLA Dr Barry Elsby referred to a report that Guernsey have decided to extend the gap between the first and second doses of the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine by four weeks, as new evidence shows that protection increases. In a comment about the news, MLA Dr Elsby said that this was something that the MLAs would discuss in the next week. We spoke to MLA Roger Edwards about whether this was a decision for the Legislative Assembly to take or one left to the Chief Medical Officer and her team. I'm a great believer that it is a decision that should be left to the CMO and her team. 
and indeed we have a strategic um, pandemic management group, the SPMG, and the date of the 22nd of March was agreed by that group. I have no problem with that. I know uh, that Barry Ellsby does, and uh, there are some others who would uh, like to understand better why we're only having a six-week gap rather than extending it. I'm quite happy to uh, leave it to the CMO. So I'm a great believer that we should leave it as is and get on with it and let's get everybody in the islands vaccinated. On Monday, it was not only International Women's Day, but also Commonwealth Day. With His Excellency the Governor on his way back from South Georgia, Acting Governor His Honour Alex Mitham read out Her Majesty's the Queen's message to the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth flag was also raised at Victory Green. Over the coming week, as we celebrate the friendship, spirit of unity and achievements of the Commonwealth, we have an opportunity to reflect on a time like no other. Whilst experiences of the last year have been different across the Commonwealth, stirring examples of courage, commitment and selfless dedication to duty have been demonstrated in every Commonwealth nation and territory, notably by those working on the front line who have been delivering healthcare and other public services in their communities. We have also taken encouragement from remarkable advances in developing new vaccines and treatments. The testing times experienced by so many have led to a deeper appreciation of the mutual support and spiritual sustenance we enjoy by being connected to others. The need to maintain greater physical distance or to live and work largely in isolation has for many people across the Commonwealth been an unusual experience. In our everyday lives, we've had to become more accustomed to connecting and communicating via innovative technology, which has been new to some of us. Um, with sorry, with uh, conversations and communal gatherings, including Commonwealth meetings conducted online, enabling people to stay in touch with friends, family, colleagues and counterparts who they've not been able to meet in person. Increasingly, we have found ourselves able to enjoy such communication as it offers an immediacy that transcends boundaries or divisions helping any sense of distance to disappear. We've all continued to appreciate the support, breadth of experiences and knowledge that working together brings. And I hope we shall maintain this renewed sense of closeness and community. Looking forward, relationships with others across the Commonwealth will remain important as we strive to deliver a common future that is sustainable and more secure. So that, so that the nations and neighbourhoods in which we live, wherever they are located, become healthier and happier places for us all. Thank you. Good news for travellers to Scotland. The Falkland Islands are no longer on the red list. A scroll through the at-risk countries on the internet shows that there is no sign of the Falklands Islands anymore on that list. An extension to the furlough scheme and the unemployment subsidies scheme was approved by Executive Council last week. The schemes will now run until the 30th of September 2021. 
On Wednesday evening, the Royal Falkland Islands Police Public Meeting was held at the Chamber of Commerce, where it was highlighted that during the July to December period, a total of 85 crimes were recorded, with an overall detection rate for completed crimes standing at 34%. Members of the public expressed concern on traffic and parking on Pencil Lane, which is near to the Infant and Junior School, to which the Chief of Police, Jeff McMahon, echoed their concern and that the police were looking into it. The panel were also joined by PC Scott Smith, who recently began his new role in the force as the community officer. DC Helen Taylor also provided an update on the progress regarding safeguarding children in the community and encouraged children to report crimes to the police. Falcon users of the communications application WhatsApp have experienced issues with unwanted messages for quite some time. But the problem seems to be getting worse, and in some cases, people have even reported receiving pornographic material. An investigation into the app has revealed that whilst many users around the world receive unwanted messages and calls, the Falcon Islands is particularly vulnerable because of our telephone structure, which makes it easier to target individual numbers. Advice from the communications regulator is to block anyone who is sending unwanted messages, set up a security lock on your device and pay attention to any third-party apps you might have installed on your phone with wider access privileges. WhatsApp itself has a website with further guidance. International Women's Day was on Monday the 8th of March and it was celebrated here in the Falklands with a reception at the Malvina House Hotel followed by a reviewing of the local film made by Ollie Dempster to highlight the role of women in the Falcon Islands. The theme this year was Choose to Challenge, where women were encouraged to call out gender bias and inequality. Darwin Harbour Sports got off to a rocky start this year as racing on Saturday was postponed due to bad weather. The racing finally kicked off on Sunday at the Goose Green Racecourse. The afternoon began with the 440-yard Port San Carlos Prize, which was won by Fire and Gone, ridden by Morris Davis. It was close between second Zephonic, ridden by Timmy Bonner, and third Tipperary, ridden by Lachlan Crowey. The £150 prize in the Nick Taylor Memorial Race was donated by the internees of the Goose Green Hall in 1982, and this 300-yard race was won by McDavis on Fire and Gone, with second and third separated by a whisker. Second went to Spirit, ridden by Tim Bonner, and third to Tia Marie, ridden by Colin Summers. On Tuesday, the dog trials saw 15 dogs and handlers battling out to become the East Falklands champion. Keith Alasia is the manager of Goose Green Farm. Each competitor has five sheep that each dog uh, picks up, or ideally picks up, from a pen which is about 500 yards, 550 yards away from uh, a circle, which the competitor is not allowed out of until uh, he is given the OK by the head judge. Once the sheep are under control and still in the circle, then they move on through uh, a set of hurdles towards the pen, and uh, the, the idea is to pen the five sheep to be able to get your maximum points. Each dog and handler have 10 minutes to complete the course, with three judges watching their every move. George Smith was one of this year's judges. The first thing I look for is when the dog leaves the man, the outrun. If it's a good outrun, all he gets seven, eight points, or perhaps ten. Then I look for the 
lift when the sheep, the dog gets to the sheep, the command if he stops and squats, and the lift when he brings them, then he brings it on the drive down. I look for that all the time. Oh, I think there've been some good dogs, very good dogs, but the weather hasn't been good. <laughs> Too much wind, and uh, otherwise there've been some good dogs. Chair of the Darwin Harbour Sports Association, Alexander Goss MacDonald, summed up the day's events. It's good just to get everybody together and it is, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to see everyone around the dogs, which is, you know, work with sheep and then they, yeah, just all get together and have a good time, I think, yeah. If you haven't been before, come along, it's, it's all good fun and just thank you to everybody involved to make the week, well, the four days a great success. That's always been and hopefully will continue. If you'd like to get in touch with FITV, then you can contact us through our social media pages or call us on 22649. You can watch FITV via the KTV Broadcasting Service or online through our website, fitv.co.fk. That's it for this week's Roundup. Join us next time. Mm -hmm.